0: there and welcome to veterinary journal club uh for today's episode we are going to talk about parvovirus uh canine parvovirus specifically um because there are lots of parvoviruses out there but the one that um is probably most important medically economically all all of the important reasons um is is the one in dogs so yeah that's what we're talking about and is gonna join me um as the layperson to ask questions and hello um yeah, keep me on track and make sure I don't say anything dumb. Nah, you're not going to do that, let's mm-hmm. be honest. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, parvovirus, it's uh, an important disease in dogs um, and other species, but um, but probably more important in dogs. Um, an easily preventable disease with vaccination. Um, so, that's it. That's the end of that plug. Vaccinate puppies. Yay. Um Although I guess I could talk briefly about, I always think this is interesting. Um, maybe nobody else ever, ever does, but I always thought it was weird. Like, why why do we have to vaccinate like several times in puppies? Like, what's, what's that about? Um,
1: but the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, you do the So it's like it, your puppy Is here this one of the ones that I require you get? Like, I know if you get um, a puppy from a shelter, a lot of, at least in Florida, um, that's like, if you don't get certain things done, they will come and they will take the dog back so dramatic
0: um but yes you are required yeah these are these that's are like the, the standard required. yes this is super important so um most dog vaccines like their puppy series is a combination um so it's a lot of things there's like three or four just dis- different diseases that are covered in parvo is one of them um and then like rabies is a is a separate one but yeah so it's like distemper um influenza, parvo uh like canine hepatitis virus there's several things that are like in this one combination um which is pretty handy but i always thought it was It's like why do you have to vaccinate them like four times like you start at like six or eight weeks and then like every two to three weeks um until they're like i don't know four months old and like i didn't understand that it's like you don't do that with other vaccines and adults and then you only vaccinate them for rabies once and then you do it again in a year and blah, blah. i was like what um do you know why no. <laughs> um, so the funny thing is, like when you're, and you don't vaccinate until, you know, they're like six weeks of age at the earliest. And that's because you're assuming that um, mom has been vaccinated and has antibodies. And so when puppies are first born, they drink colostrum that's that first milk um, that has all the antibodies and that they absorb the antibodies through their stomachs. Um, and then it's mom's antibodies actually circulating. Um, in the puppy's bloodstream. So they haven't, their immune system isn't able to make their own antibodies yet. So they have mom's antibodies, which is awesome because for the first several weeks of life, that means they're protected. If they get um, come in, come into contact with, um, for example, the parvovirus mom's antibodies are like, Whoa, what's up? And they will um, block that virus mm-hmm. just like they're supposed to. Um, but they also will block the vaccine right? So if when you're vaccinating these puppies, you're giving them um, for like pyro, it's usually either a modified live or a killed um, uh, organism, but basically the protein that the important protein that you need to make the antibody is in that vaccine. And if you vaccinate a puppy at six weeks of age and mom's antibodies are still in circulation, they go, aha, I recognize that, that is bad. And they will neutralize it essentially. And then you can't stimulate the puppy's own immune system. So basically what you're doing is you're waiting for that sweet spot for when mom's antibodies are drifting off and like there's not enough in circulation to one be protective, but also not enough to prevent the vaccine from being effective. Um, And you don't know exactly when that happens. And so it's sort of guesswork um if i guess you could probably measure mom's antibodies but that would mm-hmm. probably be expensive and time consuming and so it's easier just to vaccinate them several times so you vaccinate them like six weeks and oh you're just it, doing you know, it
1: to like to cover your butt
0: yeah essentially because you don't like, know okay
1: we don't want it to get sick right but um what if it the vaccine didn't take so we're going to do it again but it, exactly in that time period it could have gotten sick with uh the, whatever, that's a possibility yeah it's,
0: it's it's not a perfect system but it's it's a pretty good system. Yeah. But yeah, so like the first vaccine the you give checking. might be completely useless because mom's antibodies uh, neutralized it. So it didn't work. So you have to do it again. Um, or it could be the first one was totally fine. Um, so basically you're giving a series of vaccines and you're assuming that most of them are going to be unnecessary, uh, Yeah. <laughs> right? You just, But you don't know which ones. You don't know if it's the ones at the beginning or the ones at the ends. And then you also have, because you have, you know, four different diseases, the antibodies for one disease might be Gone and useless, and so that vaccine for that portion of that vaccine worked anyway, I think it's kind of fascinating, yeah,
1: and then um like money cost and life cost it's worth it just to do yeah, it, whatever. yeah, yeah,
0: because vaccines those vaccines are pretty cheap yeah. in the in the grand scheme of things, um like I said, cheaper than and it if would get them seven to,
1: times it's even cheaper
0: <laughs> it would be it's certainly cheaper than getting parvovirus yeah, a lot cheaper, um so why won't we're talk the
1: about. the puppies um form antibodies, like why wouldn't it match the mother's antibodies? What do you mean match? So the the mother's giving antibodies yes. and that will kill whatever that comes in. Um, why can't the puppy's immune system be like, oh, these are the antibodies I need right there?
0: Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. That's not Is how just the just system like works. Thing? The system doesn't work that way. So yeah. basically what, how your immune system works, we're kind of going off script here, but because we don't have a script. But um, basically what happens is when your your immune system sees protein that it doesn't recognize as like, benign or yourself. You're like, hey, that's my protein. I'll leave that alone. Or you're like, hey, that's food. I, that, that's totally fine. Um, or you're like, wait a minute. What is that protein? I don't recognize you. So it's the protein, essentially, or the antigen mm-hmm. that your immune system recognizes. Um, it doesn't necessarily, gonna, it's not going to recognize an antibody. And so what mom has circulating, what she's donated, is antibodies. And that isn't going to, that's just not how the system works. That's not yeah. going stim- to, it's not going to be like, hey, those are cool antibodies. I should make some just like it. That's yeah. not how your system works. It has to see the protein to be like I should make something that neutralizes that. If that yeah, makes sense. If
1: that's hurting me. Stop it. Yeah, if it's exactly. not hurting you, you're not going to stop it.
0: Right. In theory, that's how it should work. Yes, that's a simplified version. Um, but so you need to see the thing to stop because you can't have these preformed antibodies against every pot. You just, you don't, you have to see it. You're like, ah, oh, that's a new, and it's a good system, right? Because that means if, you know, um, a, a virus or a bacterium or some sort of pathogen evolves and like changes its protein, your body's like, ha nice try. I still recognize that you shouldn't be here and I can make a new antibody. Um, so it's a pretty good system that sets you up, uh, you know, so if you move, you know, from wherever you live to a different part of the world where there's different proteins and different scary bugs, your immune system in theory can recognize those foreign antigens and be like, "Bad! I'm going to make antibodies to protect myself." Mm-hmm. Uh, as long but as I survive that first insult, a little bit. <laughs> as long as I survive the first insult, yeah, exactly. And that's where vaccination is pretty awesome, right? So if you get a little bit of it, just not enough to make you sick, but enough to you know make your immune system sit up and take notice, um, then you are protected. Um, sometimes forever, and sometimes for a while. And anyway, um, but this this show's not meant to be about. <laughs> immunology or our vaccines. I just think that's kind of a fascinating thing to remember. Um, but if you don't vaccinate for parvo or you have just extraordinarily bad luck and your puppy gets exposed to parvo in that in-between stage where um, you are not protected from the vaccine, like that didn't work because mom's antibodies were still there, but then they they you know, they dwindled and they're gone. There's not enough. And then it was just like a day before you were going to get vaccinated again. And your puppy got exposed to parvovirus. And that's a super uncommon scenario. It's usually unvaccinated pets um, that come in. But do, do you know what parvo does? Have you heard me talk about it?
1: um I think it gives them diarrhea. <laughs> that
0: is definitely one of the main clinical signs that we see. So, what the parvovirus does is it attacks rapidly dividing cells. Um, so interestingly, um, like when you get chemotherapy, chemotherapy also attacks rapidly dividing yeah. cells because cancer cells
1: So parvo die. stops cancer, is what you're saying. <laughs> Not even a little bit.
0: Um, no, it actually, it does the same thing that um, chemotherapy would stops do, Stops cancer? No. No stop that (laughs) it doesn't no but it does kill cells um um, but cells that are dividing that's 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 the sweet spot if you're a parvovirus you're like ah that cell's changing over oh it's vulnerable let's attack it um so that tends to be cells like your gi um, tract the lining of your gi tract turns over very very frequently um and your bone marrow is also constantly making new cells which is what it's supposed to do and so those are the um the systems that get most affected Um, by parvovirus, and so you tend to see, yeah, bad diarrhea, vomiting, inappetence. These animals feel really, really crummy, Um, and then also their immune system, particularly their white blood cells in the bone marrow, can get wiped out. Um, So those are the kind of hallmark signs. Um, The the clinical signs you would see is the GI stuff. Not eating, vomiting, diarrhea. So you have a a young, under, or uh, or unvaccinated dog that comes in with those signs. Like, it's pretty standard like boop think parvo before anything else because it's highly contagious that's the that's the other thing um is that if there's parvo around it's the good news is it doesn't last in the environment forever but it, it, it's there. Um, and so, if yeah, don't
1: it, when you a parvo dog, like you have to go into the isolation yeah, You have to yeah, wear your, uh, we your space suit.
0: Yeah. So, we do try to um, follow proper hygiene and, you know, limit transmission. Um, yeah, and anytime that, like,
1: you get one that's in the clinic, you usually have to, like, clean a bunch. Is that? Yeah.
0: So, that's why we try to, like, if we suspect you have, again, have a reasonable suspicion that this could be parvo. The good news is we have a really quick, easy, rapid, and fairly reliable test. Um, so, we get. Get a sample of poop and we look for some antigen in the poop and we go aha it's positive okay cool let's and they have let's diarrhea so
1: there's a lot of poop <laughs> yes that makes it easy.
0: so it is usually pretty easy to get a sample although sometimes you have to you have to go in and get a sample but you don't need a lot um, and it does look for the antigen so it's it's pretty good um as far as it's it's unlikely not impossible but unlikely to be fooled if the pet has been vaccinated um because you're looking for the the virus itself rather than the body's response to the virus so that's helpful so you, it's it's pretty easy to test for. Um, there are false negatives. Um, you know, you can get a test that you know maybe it's early in the disease or something like that, and you do your ELISA test and you go, got that's negative." But man, this really, really feels like parvo. Um, What's the test looking for? Uh, it's looking for the antigen, the virus. So the protein, a protein mm-hmm. on the virus, um, is what the the test is doing. And so an ELISA is a test that basically you have an enzyme that will bind to that protein and it basically makes a, a color change on the test mm-hmm. and so you're like oh the little it's like a pregnancy test the little dot turned blue mm-hmm. Oh, and how <laughs> do they it transmit it
1: is it from like the poo and yeah stuff?
0: so it's fecal oral transmission so and you know dogs live with their noses to the ground and so mm-hmm. if they're around another dog you know they like greet each other by sniffing butts and you know mm-hmm. sniffing the, the grass where somebody else has pooped so it's pretty easy um, if you're a virus that gets transmitted that way to get from dog to dog um, people can be fomites, meaning if we've like, if I've got it on my clothes, if you touch dog poo, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, if you're walking through the grass, it gets on your shoes and, uh, and then your dog sniffs your shoes or something like that. So I I don't think that's a huge, that's not a major method of transmission, um, unless you're working in a veterinary hospital handling parvo pets and you're not using your proper hygiene. And then you go home to your um, newly adopted puppy that is not fully vaccinated. That would be a bad plan. Don't do that. Use good hygiene while you're at work handling these patients and then maybe change your clothes or before take you take a couple of weeks off if you get a puppy. Just take a couple <laughs> weeks off. Just play with the puppy for a couple weeks. <laughs> that, if you can do that, that sounds like fun. Um, for the rest of us that can't take a couple of weeks off because we adopted a puppy, then you just have to practice good hygiene. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and yeah, so it's fecal-oral transmission. Um, and it, it can stay in the environment. So, you know, you want to, like, clean and bleach bedding and, you know, that kind of thing. Try not to just, yeah. If you do adopt a new puppy, like try not to let it around other puppies. Uh adult dogs that are vaccinated are fine, but you know, kind of wait until it's fully vaccinated. That's safer.
1: And what know. uh when's the last vaccination?
0: Um so usually that I think that's around uh, I'm pretty sure that's around like 4 months or so, 16 weeks, something yeah. like that. Um would be you feel pretty confident at that point that the vaccine's going to be good. Um so it might be as early as 12 weeks, but I think I want to say 16. Something like that. It's been a while since I did the actual vaccinating. So uh, if that's totally wrong, I apologize. Uh, You guys know better. But it's somewhere around that three to four months of age. Um, And so, yeah, by then, like, they're good. They're sorted. uh, And I'm not too worried about it. And the vaccine works pretty darn well. Um, So vaccinated dogs are unlikely to get Parvo, even if they're around a dog known How often do you see
1: that? Like, what? Once a uh, a vaccinated dog to actually get Parvo.
0: I... It, okay. Because so, you're probably
1: the main person that sees these. Yeah, dogs, we, we to tend to see a lot of these. ER. Yeah,
0: they tend to be emergency. G- primary vets are going to see them a lot. But yeah, they're going to come but in on then they're probably going to send them
1: to you. Sometimes.
0: Right? Yeah, no, this is something a lot of vets can handle themselves. If, if they, It depends on how sick the dog is and what their like, hospitalization capabilities. If it needs 24-hour care, um, then they might refer it to a 24-hour facility. But um, So yeah, I mean, I'm certainly going to see... A good, a good many of those. But um, what was your original question? Oh, a, a, a fully yeah. vaccinated dog. Uh, I would say if a dog who was quote unquote vaccinated gets Parvo, I would question the vaccines. So I'd be like, mm, who vaccinated your dog? And if the owner was like, I did, and I got them at the feed store, I'd be like, that's the same as not vaccinating your dog. Uh-huh. That doesn't count. Um, I would say the only times that I've seen a, a vaccinated dog get Parvo. It was when, if they were like in the midst of the puppy series, um, I have seen that happen occasionally where like the owners were being diligent. Yeah, so you they're really going haven't
1: in. Seen a vaccinated, not like a properly a, vaccinated, dog. vaccinated no. dog.
0: Yeah. And not that I'm aware of, not that I can recall.
1: And the feed store ones, are they for dogs or is it kind of oh, like they how are. they do with the... Oh, they are. And it's
0: not that... It, it, so the problem with the feed store ones, um, and this is what I tell people, I tell clients, tell everybody, is there's nothing wrong with the vaccines themselves when they were when they left the facility where they were produced, but like they have to be stored properly, they have to be administered properly, so... What if, what if, um, you know, the feed store got the delivery and they're not a medical facility. Um, and because the vaccines are like, they need to be refrigerated. And mm-hmm. so what if they were like, oh, well, you know, Joey forgot to bring that pallet of vaccines in. Oh, well, it'll be fine. We'll put yeah, it in the fridge now. Or it's on now. the bottom
1: of the pallet yeah, and yeah. have to un- yeah, who knows? yeah.
0: And so I, it's just, I, I cannot vow, val- uh, like, um, vouch for the, uh, quality of those vaccines. And then if the, that's assuming that the client knows how to mix it up properly, knows how to administer it properly. Anybody who's ever have, had to give like a sub-Q injection and a big fluffy dog, like what if you're just giving it into the fur? Because like, yeah, sticking with a needle is scary. I just, I don't know. I've definitely seen animals who were quote unquote vaccinated. And get parvo and when you question them about it the vaccine was not done properly or the series wasn't completed like there's always a problem with it like oh yeah we did it ourselves or the breeder vaccinated it, or so on and so forth so they either didn't complete the full series which means it's possible that they got the vaccine when mom's antibodies were still in the system mm-hmm. and therefore that vaccine wasn't because yeah, up. That wouldn't have thought what? he's already got a vaccine One yeah that
1: like oh, if I give him the vaccine, his antibodies are going to destroy it because he has his mom's
0: yeah, that's antibodies. How it works, and those are
1: gonna go away in a week.
0: Exactly. So you have to follow up, you have that to follow that course. Stupid. It does, but that's what happens. Yeah. And so therefore, yeah. So people- I guess because when
1: they were um like dogs were evolving, they didn't have vaccines. <laughs> that's
0: that's true. When we all they were, were evolving, <laughs> no recent <laughs> thing. Yes, they are a very recent thing. Um Thanks, Pastor. Mm-hmm. So um at any rate uh it's it would be incredibly not impossible but incredibly uncommon for a properly vaccinated dog to get parvo like it's it works the vaccine works go yay, go do it, vaccinate your puppies um but if you don't or if you are exceedingly unlucky, um, then your puppy needs a lot of care so the good news is dogs can recover from this, um, but there's not a cure there's not like a a treatment like a magic. You know, like aha, you give them this medication. So it's really just about supportive care and time. Um, Like a lot of things that we treat, is you just have to let the virus kind of run its course, but you have to deal with all the consequences. So because the virus attacks the intestinal lining, they have horrible, horrible diarrhea and often also pretty bad vomiting, which means they're losing a lot of fluids. They also don't feel like eating, which so means they get they're not like
1: taking. Like ulcers and things too. Um,
0: they can get like a bloody diarrhea where it's like erosions and things like that, but. Not ulcers in the the traditional sense, no. Um, But like their intestinal lining is being destroyed, um, (laughs) which is not ideal. Um, And so they can get a pretty, pretty nasty diarrhea. It's really smelly. Some people are like, that smells like parvo. It has like a distinct, I don't know, it just smells like diarrhea, which is gross. Um, But uh, yeah, so you need to support them through because they're losing a lot of fluids and then they're not taking in more fluids because they feel like crap. Um, So they get really dehydrated. So they need fluids um, and usually a good bit of fluids um, and they need time. Um, to support them through so they don't become dehydrated. And then we try to just sort of make them feel better. Um, so we give them like anti-nausea medications if we can suppress the vomiting, reduce the risk of them getting aspiration pneumonia because that's one of the things that can turn, you know, like a bad case of parvo into a fatal case of parvo if they get a complication or they get pneumonia on top of it. So this is
1: one of those diseases where they're throwing up and it's okay for them to stop throwing up.
0: Yes, because I know why they're throwing up and I want to stop it. Um, yeah, this is, this is, yes. <laughs>
1: sometimes you say it's like, well, it probably just needs to throw up.
0: Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes if you're, you've eaten something that you need to get it. rid of. Yeah. Um, but this is one where throwing up is not going to get rid of the mm-hmm. parvo. There's, there's, it's in there. Um, so yeah, like, or, you know, with coughing and sometimes we don't want to suppress the body's like mechanism for getting rid of the crap. Um, but in this case, yeah, it's, it's not actually helping in this situation. So, um, and there's not really much I can do to stop the diarrhea. Unfortunately, um, that's going to have to run its course, but I just need to kind of, um, support them through the, um, the sort of adverse effects. And then here's a fun thing because we've talked about antibiotics on the show before. And so what do you think? Do you think you should treat parvovirus with antibiotics? Yes or no? No. That seems like the logical answer. And the real answer is we don't know. Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's a, so the standard of care, and this hurts me a little bit inside to say this, the standard of care um, when treating a puppy with parvovirus is to include antibiotics. What, what, what does that? that? Yeah, I agree with you. It doesn't make sense. The reason for that is, I remember I said before that um, because parvo attacks rapidly dividing cells, that includes your bone marrow, which includes your white blood cells, which means these patients are often um, leukopenic or neutropenic, meaning they have a low white blood cell count, which in theory um, increases their chances of getting an infection. Yeah, They already have an infection. Does it increase our chances of getting a bacterial infection? Maybe um, it, it could. What's interesting to me is um, it is the standard of care. Like if you find any publications on treating parvo antibiotics, broad-spectrum antibiotics are included. But nobody has actually done a study to my knowledge, um, but maybe we should if anybody out there is listening and looking for a research project. Um, would be really cool to do a prospective um, double-blinded placebo-controlled clinical trial where... It's um, a lot of words. It is a lot of words, but it's like the pinnacle of you know scientific approach, really, when I talk about evidence-based medicine. That's what we'd like to do. So somebody wants to fund it, you should totally fund this study because it would be great to get um, dogs that are diagnosed with parvo, enroll them in um, the study. Their treatments are identical. They all get the same supportive care, but um, half of them get antibiotics and half of them don't. Um, and you don't know who gets what, because um, the other half get a placebo that looks just like the antibiotic. Wouldn't that be really cool if we found out that it doesn't actually matter? You just yeah. need to support them through that because it's a virus. But the reason people we, people recommend doing antibiotics is because their white blood cells at are risk low. for infection. Yeah, we worry about it. So um, if they, it's not that.
1: The disease causes infection. It's just that if they were to get one, well, I mean, wow, the disease is
0: an infection. It's a viral infection. Well, a bacterial. Yeah, infection. exactly. The other thing that people argue, which is fair, um, is that it's also attacking your intestinal lining. And if you're you have um, if your intestinal lining is healthy, that it's full of bacteria. Your intestines are mm-hmm. full of bacteria. They're supposed to be. And if the lining isn't intact, then is it easier for those bacteria to get into your body? probably, maybe. Is it yeah. enough? Yeah, we don't I know. I guess I would
1: look at it, it, would make it harder to recover from that if you're getting antibiotics, the antibiotics could kill your indescribable bacteria that are trying to come exactly.
0: back. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so... Um,
1: so it might be the sort of thing... We don't it, know. It might cause the recovery to be a little longer, but it, it'll save, like, one in a hundred.
0: We don't know, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, like I said, uh, to my knowledge, no one has done this study. Um, but I think it could be a really good study, and I think you could I think you could justify it pretty easily Um, because I I do, as anybody who's listened to the show at all knows that I worry about, um, you know, overuse of antimicrobials. This is not one though. I'm not telling anybody to not do antibiotics in their parvo dogs, but I do think it'd be really groovy um, to do a study on that. Now, if we do a study and we show that it doesn't make a difference whether they get antibiotics or not, I'm pretty sure everyone is going to continue to give these dogs antibiotics.
1: No, start giving them probiotics.
0: Or that, yeah. Oh, yeah. They just needed a probiotic. No. <sighs> anyway, um, that's a whole nother show. We can address that some other time. You guys know how I feel. Anyway, I'm not. You should continue for now, giving antibiotics to your dogs with parvo because that is the standard of care. Um, but I question it. I just don't know. But I, I think it would be hard for me to go against, um, kind of established.
1: Yeah, because if you're wrong, then um, then they die.
0: Maybe. But if I'm right, what if some of them, like you said, don't recover as well because we're right. giving them on a bite? We don't know the answer. But it would be, again, I,
1: especially in a puppy, like an adult dog, it might be a little easier because they can recover. They have yeah,
0: puppies are pretty. I think uh,
1: like pretty... the puppy, it's the because they're like pooping and throwing up. They're losing all their nutrition. So they don't have like the stores built up. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, no, they're, they're certainly a vulnerable population. Um, but I don't know that they're necessarily any more vulnerable to secondary bacterial infection than an adult. Um, and I don't know that the antibiotics are preventing that anyway, because you have like millions of bacteria in your gut. And what are the odds that the one antibiotic you chose is going to be appropriate for all of those? What are the odds too that
1: you're giving it to them and they're just like, throwing it up or pooping it out and they don't even get <laughs> Well,
0: we're giving an IV typically oh, okay. if they're in the hospital, so I'm not worried about that. But for the ones that we send home, yeah. But the other, um, the other thing you mentioned, though, they were talking about the nutrients that they don't have. That's probably, I think, uh, one of the biggest changes in the past, I don't know, decade or so to how we treat Parvo, and that is a higher emphasis on early nutrition for these dogs. Um, so I think more and more people have recognized that even though, um, they are having horrible diarrhea and, um, it seems like bro, feeding them, they don't feel like eating. They do not want to eat. Um, and even some that are still vomiting or having some regurgitation, um, that, uh, food is one of the best medicines for your intestines when it comes to healing. Food is like really, really important for healing. of. Yeah. The it's just going tract.
1: through too fast. So you need to, yeah. Pump some more in there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, they, I mean, again, you know, being in a malnourished state is not going to be good for healing in general. Um, and so even if the gut is unhappy, giving it food is going to make it happier, even if it's not in its ideal state. And so early um, enteral nutrition in particular is is really important. Um, and so one of the, the shifts that we've seen. So in patients, with if they're in the hospital, putting a, a temporary feeding tube in. So we usually do like nasoesophageal or nasogastric tube. So a tube down the nose and then it goes down either into your esophagus or down into the stomach, and we just give them food even though you don't feel like eating. I'm sorry. You need this. This is good for you. So that's the other main reason to get control of the vomiting because um, we don't want them to vomit that tube up because they can. Um, and so um, controlling the vomiting and then trying to place a feeding tube in these guys um, is is really a great uh, great option for providing them additional support. Um, so getting them some nutrients is also also, great. That's probably the biggest thing that I've seen change in, in recent years about treating parvo, and and you know has a positive in fact impact. Lots of people have tried other things like antivirals and other various treatments and medications, and frankly, nothing has been shown to be effective. Um, people have tried giving like plasma transfusions of dogs that are um, immunized, um, that hasn't made a difference. Plasma is just an expensive fluid when you can just give crystalloids. So um, yeah, they just need supportive care, time. Maybe some food if you can give them some food uh, eventually their
1: immune system just gets used to it being there is that how does that no,
0: work? no I eventually I mean it gets you clear it right the virus it runs its course and your your body so will, the virus
1: doesn't stick around like it's just how does it stop?
0: luck and time and your the, the immune system's gonna have to fight that off and hopefully that it wins the battle or that your immune system wins the battle over the virus. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's your immune system's pretty amazing. And so uh, you got to hope that it, it wins. And we just try to support them through it. You know, we want a little extra help on it. Like we provide supplies and, you know, ammunition to fight the battle. I don't know. That was a weird
1: analogy, but mm-hmm. you yeah. can't like flush with antigens or something cool like antibodies.
0: No, well, that's what I was saying with the like plasma. Some people have said, oh, we're going to give them a plasma transfusion. So kind of like mom's maternal antibodies. Right. We're going to do, yeah, that people have tried that. It doesn't to so yeah. work unfortunately not in Parvo
1: is there any reason why
0: that doesn't work it's probably because the virus is already done it's Business, <laughs> like it's already damaged your bone marrow for a bit, mm-hmm. and it's damaged your intestines, and now we just your body just has to recover. So it's probably so not by even the time so much. You see it, it's prob- done. Yeah, like the virus is there, and your body probably is already making its own. Your, the dog's body is probably already making its own um, antibodies at that point. But now you just have to heal from all the damage that has been done by the virus. Um, and, and I mean, it's going to be. It different in every case, right? And I'm, I'm not an immunologist by training. I'm a veterinarian, which means I'm a teeny tiny bit of an immunologist. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's it's not necessarily at that point that you're dealing with the virus itself, although that that's probably some of it. But the majority is you're just dealing with the consequences of what the virus has done to the patient, um, which is destroy the um, intestinal lining and wipe out the bone marrow for a time being. Um, but if we can support them through that and prevent them from having life-threatening complications, um, and getting, you know, horribly dehydrated and hypovolemic, then we can, we can support them through this. So the vast majority of cases, um, that get the care they need can do really well, not a hundred percent. Um, it certainly can be fatal. Um, and if they don't get the care they need, then those, those patients can frequently, um, pass away. They usually die
1: from like Dehydration yeah, and malnutrition. Yeah,
0: hypovolemia. So, dehydration, if it's bad enough, becomes hypovolemia. There's just, you don't have enough water right. in your bloodstream to get things around, and you will die from that. Or, as I said before, like they could get complications that could um, make things worse. So, um, you know, aspiration pneumonia or something, in theory, they could get a bacterial translocation. So, they get like an overwhelming bacterial sepsis on top of their viral sepsis. Um, but that is, it's usually going to be just. Uh, shock, yeah, you know, hypovolemic, hypovolemic, shock from all the fluid loss, um, plus or minus maybe a pneumonia. That's That's going to be what kills those patients. Really what kills them is lack of money. Cause if you, if yeah, you have you the money to them support the them, for, yeah. If, how if, if, long do if, they stay in the hospital? It can vary. Um, so but I would say on average
1: and an adult, is it about the same
0: if it's Sagan?
1: Like if it's a, a puppy versus a full grown dog. Uh, Do they stay the the same amount of time? No,
0: I would say it hits the puppies a lot harder. Um, I have seen some adult dogs, like young adult dogs that just never got vaccinated will get it. And it tends not to hit them as hard. Um, That's not a rule, but that's that's a tendency that we see. The older the puppy, um, the better off they are. But... um, On average, I would, there's probably, there might be numbers on this, but I would say three to four days in the hospital is going to be fairly typical. Some will get out earlier than that. And some might have a protracted hospitalization where it's, you know, days or a week or more. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that would be unusual. Three to four days of aggressive supportive care would be probably pretty typical or these guys start to then improve and then once you start to see that improvement once the vomiting stops as soon as they start eating boom they're going to they're going to be great um, if they start eating on their own then life is good and they're going to continue to improve and heal and go on and never look back um you know they're not going to i don't anticipate any long term effects from these um dogs that get parvo they um they tend to go
1: on and do great if they And then once it. they have parvo are they um is it like they're vaccinated or do they need to be vaccinated?
0: No, they're pretty well inoculated at that yeah. point. Um, they should get their boosters um, on schedule. So like, you know, a year after that, but no, uh, they, they still need to be vaccinated though. Because remember, there was other things in that vaccine. So they do need to still mm-hmm. get vaccinated because all they've been oh, inoculated they for is the parvo. But yeah. remember, there was distemper, paro-influenza, canine hepatitis virus, other things in that vaccine. So yes, they still need to be vaccinated. Do they need to be vaccinated for parvo? Probably not, but it doesn't come yeah, all in a parvo-less You know it flavor. didn't work. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, you need to finish out that, that course um, for all the other diseases that it protects against. Um, but I don't know if anybody's actually proven that, that getting parvo is just as protective as the vaccine. Um, But as I said, you still want to vaccinate them anyway because they didn't get it for the other one. So Mm -hmm. it's sort of a moot point, not worth doing the study because you're never going to not recommend it. Yeah. So.
1: And then, um, so you get a client, they call and they got this dog that's throwing up and has diarrhea. Mm -hmm. What else do you look for to suspect that it's Parvo? Because there's probably a lot of dogs that come in with throwing up and diarrhea. There
0: sure are. So if it's young. Then, you know, we're going to ask, like, how old is the dog and what's its vaccine status? Those are the first two questions. But honestly, even if um, if it's young, even if they say it's vaccinated, we're going to test for parvo anyway. If it's like a four year old dog, that's I'm probably not thinking it's parvo. It's probably one of the million other things that causes vomiting and diarrhea. Um, And then as I, I was kind of I was going to say this before and I don't remember I got distracted. There's something shiny. And, um, but if you have a dog that comes in and you really suspect Parvo, but the test comes up negative, then I'm going to want to do a CBC, a complete blood count. And if the white blood cells are low, I'm going to be suspicious of Parvo again. It's so not that's that
1: the big sign. That's
0: the other big thing. And unfortunately, that's not, you know, something that owners will recognize. It's, um, but so on the blood test, if the, the white blood cell count is low and it otherwise fits with Parvo, I might still isolate, well, not a bad idea to isolate that patient anyway if their white blood cells are low, which means they're. At risk for getting some secondary issue, um, but I might say maybe tomorrow we're going to retest for parvo because I'm not convinced that that's not what this is. There's another thing that if they get also not um, you know something the clients are going to find out, um, but if a dog has an intussusception... And an intussusception is, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, for those of you word. at home, he gave me he gave me a look that was like, what are you talking about, lady? So an intussusception is, um, so imagine if you ha- your, your intestines is just a big, long tube, right? Yeah. Um, and if part of the intestine kind of telescopes back into itself.
1: Yeah. Um, and you get that, that like folding
0: weird. over. Yeah, it is weird. That's called an Um And that can happen, like, it's not common um but if it happens in a dog particularly a young dog um we know that dogs with parvovirus have an increased risk of developing an intussusception in their intestines i don't exactly understand like why that is but that is a thing that is pretty well established um so if you have a dog that um you diagnose with an intussusception it's also
1: that seems like a hard thing to check for
0: well you can sometimes feel it you can palpate it in their bellies you feel like a hard tube where like the intestines should be nice and like kind of soft and you know in general, but you're like, Hey, it starts to get kind of thickened right there. Cause now you've got like a double layer of intestines. So sometimes you can palpate it and be suspicious and be like, Ooh, I'm worried about this. Um, and that's something that, um, often needs to be treated surgically. The other reason you want to think about that. So say you have a dog that you've been treating for parvo and it's been a couple of days and it's just not improving and you feel like it should. And it's, it's like got a, you know, significant abdominal pain or, you know, it's still having bad diarrhea, still vomiting, something like that. Um, doing good, uh, ad- abdominal palpation daily is important. Um, and if you feel something, you know, firm um, in the intestines, or even if you don't, it might be worth doing some abdominal imaging x-rays or ultrasound to look for evidence of an intussusception because it would be a reason why your dog might not be improving, why the patient's not getting yeah. better when it should.
1: Is that obvious on the ultrasound? Does it like a, like a um, ring? If
0: you're a radiologist, it probably is. Yeah, because it's, again, you can see that there's like this double layering of the intestines mm-hmm. inside another loop of intestines. On x-rays, it you might be able to see it on X-rays. It, it can be a tricky thing to diagnose, um, so I'm not. I'm not here to tell you it's going to be super obvious, but um, it's a reasonable thing to to look for. Um, and ultrasound is probably going to be a little bit more definitive than X-rays, but. Um, like, if I'm doing the ultrasound, that's not going to be definitive. You're needing a radiologist to do that. So that might be something you either need to have a you know, radiologist come to your practice to look for that, or you might have to refer for um, for imaging studies if needed.
1: What do they do to fix that? Do they just Surgery. yank it, or are they you cut it out and tape it back together? It
0: depends on how... Yeah, it might be that one if, like, the part of the intestines are unhealthy, or um, they can kind of remove the telescoping part of it and then, like, tack it so it doesn't go back in. So, mm-hmm. so if you... If the surgeons go and they, and we could ask a surgeon maybe for more definitively, but my understanding would be, because I've never done this surgery, would be you kind of remove the telescope and then you look at the intestines. And if they look healthy and viable, then you might be able to just like um, tack them um, so that they don't slide in and out again. Mm -hmm. Um, But if they could do it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually, yeah, very risky. And sometimes they'll slide in and out. And so you're looking for it. You're like, I don't see it. And it's because it's going in and out, which is terrible. Um, but so if but the intestines are unhealthy, you might just have to remove that portion and sew mm. the ends together. So what
1: causes it to do that.
0: I said earlier, I didn't know.
1: You didn't know. I don't know. It's something I you about were a hardo. doctor. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So you don't know everything. Yeah. No. No. I don't. I'm sorry. Sorry. <sighs> yeah. Missed opportunity on that on that button. <laughs> Anyway, uh, no, I do not know. That's what I was saying. I don't know why I don't understand the pathophysiology. If someone out there knows, please tell me because I don't necessarily understand it. But there's (laughs) something specific about parvo that seems to increase the risk of developing that particular um, um, whatever complication. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can happen in animals that don't have parvo um, and it's bad then too. But dogs with parvo have an increased risk of developing that. Fun fact, something, but something to, more than a fun fact, something to actually pay attention to and be aware of, um, because it can have implications for your. Are there patient. any
1: other weird things you have to worry about?
0: Weird things, um, I think those are the big ones, and intraceptions not common even in parvo. Um, no, those are those are the biggest ones that I want people to think about. Um, so, give them fluids, give them food. Give them antibiotics um, until proven otherwise. I know it, it it hurts me to say that a little bit, um, but that is the right thing to do. You should do that um, and give them time. And yeah, give them anti nausea medications. Um, that's most of it. Give them some hugs, but you know.
1: And you said once they start like hygiene brightening up and doing better, yeah, then they do great. Clear. It's yeah. not like one of those things. It's like oh, they look better, and then the next day you come in, they're. Uh,
0: that would be unusual. It's obviously not. <laughs> that's terrible. It's obviously not a guarantee. Um, but no, in like my experience, like, yeah, they're going, And sometimes they come in and they don't look that bad. And then they tank, right? Like, so um, Parva will, will start. It'll kind of creep on insidiously. Sometimes they, they come on and they've been feeling just kind of punky for a couple of days. And then, boom, it hits them really hard. But once they get past that that, you know, that really bad period where they're just, pff, they feel terrible. The diarrhea won't stop. They're puking their brains out. Once that slows down, but yeah, like I said, the key, if they eat even a little bit, I'm like, oh, pff, smooth sailing from here on out. Not a guarantee. And I wouldn't tell a client like, oh, everything's totally fine. But I'm like, I'm really optimistic at this point. Yeah. Um, and they tend to just keep improving. Yeah. So. Yay. Yeah. So it can be a really satisfying disease to treat because um, they come in dying um, and quite literally dying and you can save them, which is really kind of what we, you know, it's what we're here for. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It's still better to prevent it because vaccines. Yeah. Well, how much, how much does it
1: cost for a vaccine from a doctor?
0: Uh, uh um, probably the vaccine. It's going to vary depending on the clinic. So I don't know, and I haven't been in general practice for a while. But, but like, give me. But like, like forty to sixty dollars each time you vaccinate. So yeah. the visit's going to be somewhere. So it's probably going to cost you like four or five hundred dollars spread out over four months to vaccinate your your puppy. Mm-hmm. I'm ballparking that. Um And if your dog gets Parvo, right. we're probably talking you should two, know how much that like two to, yeah, two to $3,000 is going to be pretty typical. Yeah. Some will be more. Now, you can do Parvo to go. Um, that's what I like to call like when they don't have the money for hospitalization. And, and we can do outpatient care. It's not ideal um, where we teach the owners how to do sub-Q fluids, where they stick a noodle under the skin and give them fluids that way and try to give them medications. And uh, and I've had that be successful. It's certainly better than doing nothing.
1: Well, it's probably it's also not hard as good. if you have other dogs too.
0: Mhm, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a big well, How
1: how is that? Um so like some people get a lot of puppies at once. Yeah. Like a lot of people That's a lot of a times idea. get two puppies. Yeah. So if one of your puppies has parvo, what's the chance of the other one having parvo? A hundred? Like do you, yeah, you typically say it's like your one dog, so you should bring your other dog in. So too.
0: I don't say bring it in, but I say watch it like a hawk. And as soon as it stops eating, has a little bit of diarrhea or vomiting, then bring it in yeah. Um, because, yeah, maybe not even as soon as, but as soon as it starts feeling crummy. But like, yeah, it's going to pr- like there's nearly 100% chance um, that it's also going to have it, assuming you got the puppies at the same time, right? It's not like you had a puppy and this one's vaccinated right, yeah. and then you got another one. It's more like, that one, oh, right.
1: I really like this one. puppy. Yeah, so I got them both other puppy was cool too. So they're adorable two
0: and they both have parvo. Yeah. You should definitely expect the other one's going to get it as well. And I have seen that many, many, many times where it's like, Oh yep, yeah, that's the first of many. Like if it's a mm-hmm. breeder or somebody, um, brings in one and they're like, we have a litter of seven other puppies and they've all been together. I'd be like, uh, I hope you have paid off your credit cards lately because you're about to max them out. Um, because you know, two to 3000 times seven, yeah. As you can imagine. Now, not all seven will necessarily get terribly sick. And if you catch it right when they start to show signs and you can treat them really aggressively with um, supportive care like at home, they might not all have to be hospitalized, but there's a decent chance that they might. It's a pretty nasty disease. Um, and again, it, without treatment, it, it definitely can be fatal and would have a, a high likelihood of, of uh, fatality complications. But with supportive care, um, which costs money, uh, it, it certainly can be treated successfully. Hooray. But it's still cheaper to vaccinate even if you have 7 puppies. It's way cheaper to vaccinate. I promise. I promise.
1: So do any other animals get this?
0: Yeah, actually so cats can get it. Um we call it panleukopenia instead of parvovirus in cats. Panleukopenia is just a term that means um all of your white blood cells are low. <laughs> so we call it in cats we call it what what it causes. Um cats don't tend to get it as bad because it's a dog parvoviral. It's a dog parvo. Um but they can get it, and you can use the same test so that you use this, in dogs. So like, it's the same, same virus? Yeah, it's the same virus. Um, so the cats are like an accidental host. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the same test works. And um, yeah, but usually cats get vaccinated for it too. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, call it panleukopenia, panleuk. Um, and then there are other parvoviruses. Mm-hmm. I'm not a virologist, um, but other species have one. I don't know. There's probably a human one. I have no idea. I know about the dog and the cat's getting the dog one. Mm-hmm. That is the extent of my parvo knowledge. Um, but yeah, parvo viruses are like a class of viruses that species can get, and I don't even know if it causes the exact same things in all the other species. I don't know. That's maybe I should it cause look the that same up.
1: thing in cats and dogs, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just not as bad in cats. Yeah, I
1: don't think I've heard of you ever talking about a cat one.
0: Yeah. Cats are better than dogs when it comes to parvo. I don't know.
1: Well, they're also like not a a, as social. Like you don't right. bring your cat on for a walk. And yeah. It goes and yeah. sniffs everything and sniffs all the other things. Yeah. And if you bring another animal over, the cat usually is like, "Yeah, I'm going to stay away gone. from you for a couple of days. Uh, nice. You look dirty. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm going to self isolate. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they just tend not to get it. But again, if you vaccinate your cats, they're also protected. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think it's more too that they're just, they're not the primary host, so they don't get it as bad. The parvovirus is not adapted for cats as well as it is for dogs.
1: How does the, this is different from parvo, but uh, I remember when we had a dog when I was a kid, we would get um, a tag for like the rabies vaccine. Mm -hmm. Does that, like if you go to a feed store and get... Is the rabies vaccine included with the the parvo nope. and all that? Oh, those sure are isn't
0: separate. it's okay. separate. Yeah, a veterinarian has to do the rabies vaccine, okay. and that was a big push um, by the government many many years ago to eradicate rabies in people. Yeah, um, and it worked. Turns out that um, in like countries where rabies is still a problem, the vast majority of the cases are they're exposed from pets, usually dogs. Um, and so that's why like most localities are like, you are required, um, to do this and that's how they, they did it with the licensing. And so, yeah, it's your rabies tag with your, you can't get a, in, I don't know, anywhere where you can get a license for your dog if it's not yeah. vaccinated for rabies, but yeah, that's like not a thing for Parvo.
1: Bunch those together.
0: Yeah. They never have been. I don't know. Well, you don't vaccinate for rabies like four times. You don't do that. You vaccinate them once when they're six, about six months of age, four to six months of age, and then you do it again in a year and then it's good for three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's something with that not sure why they've never like comboed that together
1: probably some legal thing you're required to have this one i don't want to yeah give the other vaccines know. to my dog
0: yeah Might get autism
1: yeah <laughs> stares <laughs> off into the corner we
0: can't talk about vaccines without throwing that in can we <laughs> um okay i think that's it i think that's everything i know about parvo yeah did i i don't know do you have any lingering questions
1: you weren't me? able to answer any of them so.
0: <laughs> Some. I think I answered all the ones that you didn't ask. I just preemptively told you the answers to the important questions and mm-hmm. then you asked all the dumb questions that I didn't know the answers to.
1: You only didn't know the intestine one.
0: Like why they get in an asception. Yeah. I don't think anyone knows like the why.
1: Well, I mean why does the why does the intestines fold in on itself? There's yeah. no you don't know why. I don't know.
0: Who yeah, if you know why, please write in and tell us. Our contact information is veterinaryjournalclub at gmail.com. Yes, and or, or you can tweet us at Vet Journal Club, or you can Instagram us at Vet Journal Club. Yeah, message uh, slide, slide into the DMs. Into the DMs. Yeah, what it's that's right. Um, Although
1: I've I don't one hundred percent know how to check the messages because I'm too serious? old. Yeah, I've never checked a message on Instagram.
0: Okay, I will teach you how to do that even though I'm older than you. I will show you how to check our... Um, ins- I can't, we might have like dozens of messages in there.
1: No, there's no like notification things.
0: All right, I will I will show you. It's very easy. You push the little notification button and it yeah, takes know, you to the I th- inbox. Th- I think
1: there's like that paper airplane. Yeah. But I haven't touched that because... If there's like, never a little On Instagram, red number, some of the buttons do It should have things. a little red
0: bubble with a number in it if we had yeah, a notification. If I had a red
1: bubble, I'd ask. All right.
0: Okay. This is boring people now. This is so embarrassing that you don't know how to check our messages. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you learned a little something. Uh, Or again, if you have something to teach me about Parvo or Innocceptions or any of that stuff, feel free um, to reach out and we hope to catch you next time.
1: Bye.